Testing, one, two, three.
Well, welcome to Sunday morning service. We're so glad to have each and every one of you here. And uh, today is a very special day. Our cantata will actually be uh, sung again by our choir. And uh, it was, went over so well, and there's, we uh, just agreed that everybody needed to hear it. And so we're going to hear from them again this morning. Uh, there's many announcements, so uh, this might be extremely entertaining. So you're welcome. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. So tonight we are going caroling. And if you plan to go caroling, we need to be here as close to 5.30 as possible so that we can get organized. Uh, there are three separate groups going caroling. There will be one going to the candlelight uh, section that we get many of our um, families from. And uh, some of our youth, we're going to be going and caroling to them. And then there will be a group going to the nursing home. And they will be walking through the halls caroling. And then we will be going to a couple of our senior saints who have a difficult time getting out and about. So there will be three separate groups going caroling tonight. And if you are not going caroling, we ask that you would still come back over to the fellowship hall after caroling is over and participate in the uh, Christmas snacking dinner thing afterwards. So I don't know what all is going to be served there. So it might actually be a five-course meal. You might actually really want to be. I'm not sure. But anyways, if you, do, if you don't want to go caroling because of the rain, the weather, whatever, whatever, you may still, we encourage you, please come back and enjoy fellowship with us tonight after the caroling. So that's tonight. You're supposed to be here at 5.30 if you're going so we can get organized because uh, apparently there's a lot of people going. So we don't want to be getting here at 6 and then leaving at 6.45. So uh, also happening today, uh, we are giving the baskets that we have been collecting things for, uh, for the bus kids, some of the needy kids in our bus route. And so if you have been wanting to bring something, those are going out today. But we also want to say, if you want to give um, to some people in our church that we're trying to be to bless this Christmas season, we are going to have a tab on the website that you can donate to, and we really want to be a blessing this Christmas. We're so blessed. We have so much, and uh, the greatest thing about Christmas is that Jesus came to earth, and uh, we want to make sure that everybody else can celebrate, not just us. So if you are interested in donating to that, we will have uh, a fund for that, so just make sure that is, uh, make sure that's marked. Also, this is very fun. Uh, I'm trying to remember everything. We did not do our missionary Christmas offering. So that will be happening next Sunday. So uh, if you're not going to be here, please send it in. You can give it to me. I promise not to take any of it. Um, but we are going to be trying to raise a good missionary offering for our missionaries this Christmas season. Pastor, what else do we have? There's many, many more things. Wednesday, we will be all meeting in here. So kids, youth, everybody, we're going to be in here. We'll be singing some Christmas carols. Pastor will be telling the Christmas story. And uh, that's going to be happening this Wednesday night. That'll be, everybody will all be in here. Also, we have all of our college kids back, which is great, and I'm not even going to name them because I always forget one. Good to have you, Cassie. Okay? Um, always forget her. <laughs> name everybody else and forget her. We also have a new college student who is going to school this semester to Hope Sound, and that is Janae. So we are a little late, a little pressed for time. So she has to leave very early, January 2nd. So we are not going to be able to get a basket together for her over the Christmas season, but we are going to be able to get a nice gift basket that we will send with the parents down with her. So we will have a list very soon, and then we will be filling up a laundry basket to give to Janae. So please be on the lookout for that. And um, what else? A.M. No, 5 o'clock p.m. service, okay? So it's not a sunrise service. But at, to, next week we will be having a candlelight service on Christmas Eve, and it will be at 5 p.m., okay? So, 10, yeah, okay, 10.30 morning service. Not, yeah, that's in the a.m., not the p.m. So 10.30, regular morning service, and then that night, candlelight service will be 5 o'clock p.m. So starting a little earlier so we can get home. Some people have Christmas traditions. Imagine that. So 
Anybody else have anything they want to say? Because <laughs> I feel like there's probably still some announcements that are not being said. But one of Better me than you. That's great. That's great. I love it. This is my favorite thing to do. But we are here today, even though this is a train wreck. We are here today to worship, and we're here to sing a couple songs, have an Advent reading. And uh, as we go throughout this Christmas season, um, my brother-in-law said this one time, sometimes as Christians we just fall into special things. And we do not need to fall into Christmas, because Christmas is much more than just another holiday. It is the reason that we have hope. It's the reason that we reach out to other people. It's the reason that we have any light to share at all. Is because of Jesus. So as we go through this service today, let's worship and uh, let's make sure that we honor Jesus this morning. Otherwise known as the shepherd candle, this candle reflects the joy that comes through Jesus' arrival and through the salvation he has gifted us. Christians may wonder why the church decided to make this particular candle a different color than the others. Although Christians have presented several reasons for the pinkish nature of the candle, from a tradition where priests would wear pink vestments to parents eagerly awaiting the joy of a child's arrival by painting the room pink, the rosy candle has its roots in something known as God Eats Sunday. The history of God Eats Sunday is deeply rooted in Christian tradition. The observance dates back to the medieval period when the church recognized the need to balance the penitential nature of Advent with moments of joy and hope. The third Sunday of Advent serves as a brief respite for the, from the more sober aspects of the season, allowing believers to rejoice in the imminent arrival of the Christ child. In essence, Gaudet Sunday encapsulates the dual nature of Advent, a time for reflection and re repentance balanced with anticipation and rejoicing in the promise of redemption. It serves as a reminder that even in the midst of our preparations, there is joy to be found in the expectation of the Savior's arrival. During this third week of Advent, this Sunday celebrates the passage Philippians 4, 4 through 5. Its verses extolling readers to rejoice, for indeed the Lord is near. The Apostle Paul said, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. In other words, this week celebrates the joy of Christ's coming to earth. Biblical joy, joy that is grounded in Christ, goes far beyond momentary happiness. Like the happiness a child might experience when they unwrap a gift that they'd hoped for on Christmas Day. It is an extreme happiness that cannot be deterred by present circumstances. This type of joy comes from God alone. Joy can often be experienced when a Christian thinks about salvation, eternal life, or Jesus. It is an eager anticipation about wonderful things to come. The shepherds experienced this as they ran to Bethlehem to see Jesus. Joy is essential to the Christian experience. We cannot go far without it, and we need it as we and we need it as we, like the shepherds, anticipate the coming of our Savior. Isaiah 61, 1-4 The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God 
to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. 1 Corinthians 1, 3-9 Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will stain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, this third week of Advent, let us remember that the good news of Jesus' birth has the power to bring us great joy this Christmas season. Our joy isn't dependent on what is going on in our life, in our world, or the people that we are with. It doesn't depend on the gifts we give or the gifts we find under the tree. No earthly thing can ever give us complete joy. Our joy comes from you. That joy that flooded the hearts of the shepherds, the angels, the wise men, the hosts of heaven, and Mary and Joseph is the joy that still has the power to overwhelm our hearts with rejoicing. Those who gather around the newborn baby were blessed because they believed that you had fulfilled your promises. Mary and Joseph believed that you were able to feel the joy of holding baby Jesus in their arms. The shepherds and wise men believed the angels and the signs and experienced a great gladness of worshiping their Messiah. Those who knew him and recognized him were overjoyed at the coming of Jesus. They saw the prophecies fulfilled and their fear was replaced with happiness as they gazed on the face of the one who would be their savior. They trusted in your, in your promises and your, their hearts were filled with gladness as they watched your loving kindness manifested in the face of a tiny baby in a lowly manger. Father, you offer the same joy to us now if we know you and recognize Jesus as our Savior and Lord. You gave us a reason to celebrate when you gave us the unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ. You came to dwell among us. You went to Calvary's cross for us. You overcame death and rose from the dead for us. You forgive our sins and give us eternal life when we believe in you. Our joy doesn't come from our jobs, our family, our relationships, our finances, or our success. Our joy doesn't come from what we have on earth or who we are with. Our joy is a gift. It is the gift that you gave us that first Christmas in Jesus Christ. Our joy is encompassed in our Savior, King Jesus. Flood our heart with joy this Advent season as we reflect on the good news of Jesus' birth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Let's stand together this morning. The angel 
and said, I bring you good news of great joy. We have much to praise and worship for, for the wonderful joy that Christ brought to our world. Sing out with me. While by the sheep we watched at night, glad tidings brought an Thank you. 
It is a silent night. It is soon to be a holy night. As countless generations before them, shepherds in a field near the ancient city of Bethlehem gaze into the starlit evening sky, observing God's masterpiece of design and beauty. The heavens have been a source of fascination and speculation throughout human history. Our concept of heaven, the dwelling place of the Lord, seems to be inextricably woven into our sense of awe and wonder at the universe he created. What we do know is there exists a great chasm between the timeless glories of heaven and the temporal reality of earth. Tonight, all of that changes. Tonight, the miraculous will become commonplace. Tonight, God will reveal the immeasurable initiative of his endless love. Tonight, the Father's glory will be revealed as never before in the gift of his Son. For tonight, heaven touches earth. Tonight, heaven touches earth, promised holy birth. A manger holds this wondrous sight. Tonight, we hear the angels sing. We see the newborn God has sent his holy light tonight. the constraints of time and space, before galaxies and stars, suns and planets, before light pierced the darkness, in the very beginning, the Word already existed. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. 
Tonight the Word becomes flesh and will make His home among us. Behold His brilliant glory as heaven touches earth. walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death a light has dawned for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end he will reign over David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it in justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. had spoken the centuries of silence that followed were deafening 
The sacrifices continued. The people call out to God for the coming of Messiah. The prayers of earth reach to heaven, and in the perfect timing of the Father, the prayers are answered. Tonight, the eternal intertwines with the temporal as deity comes among us in the form of a brand new baby. Tonight, heaven touches earth. The shepherds make their way straight to where the baby lay, rich and poor and lonely. Bow before this sight, a star has led them to this place. The word that's been echoing through space becomes a Thank you. 
Joseph is unique in human history. Only Mary would bear a child as a virgin, only Joseph would be called upon to be the earthly father of God's only son. Why these two? It wasn't due to wealth and power. They were chosen not because they were worthy, but because they were willing. They obeyed this spectacular call on their lives and embarked on an incredible adventure of learning to constantly trust and to obey. Oh, I 
As the natal star of the Messiah blazed in the heavens, miracles abounded on the earth. This night of angel choirs, rejoicing shepherds, a virgin birth, and worshiping kings would never be repeated. In the midst of the miraculous, the great mystery was unfolding. We observed who came among us, what events accompanied him. We knew the time and the place. What remains is a question that can only be answered from the very heart of God. The question, why? The answer would be unveiled for those who chose to look beyond the manger to a hill not too far away where the mystery of God's sacrifice would usher in a greater clarity of the magnitude of God's love.
Why would one so holy even choose to come at all? He knew. He was there at the very foundation of the world. He saw the universe come into being. He created the very world he was about to enter. He was not caught unaware of what he would face. He was not a pawn of destiny. He was a disciple of obedience. He was the Son of God, the heir of heaven's throne. Still, he came.
as we celebrate the wonder of the Incarnation, let us consider one of the key words in the vocabulary of God's love. That word is initiative. God came to us for the express purpose of making a way for us to come to Him. Even though many do not receive Him or even recognize Him, He reaches to us not only when we are at our best, but when we are at our worst. Not because of our merit, but because of His mercy. Not because we deserve Him, but because He desires us. Tonight, heaven touches earth. And in the loving initiative of God's plan, the Word of the Father became Mary's little son. And His love still reaches all the way to where we are. Jesus. 
come worship you this morning. <coughs> Father, you're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of all glory and adoration. Lord, we ascribe it unto you today. You're a good God. You saw fit, Lord, to come to this earth, not leave us to ourselves. We're thankful, Lord, this morning that you cared enough about your creation, humanity, the crown jewel of your creation, Lord, that you wouldn't leave us in our sin, but you came in, the low, in a lowly manger. You came, Lord, to live among us. You came, Lord, to die for us. We thank you this morning that you cared that much for your children, your people, your, your creation. And so, Lord, we lift up the name of Jesus. We magnify you. We adore you. We give you the honor that you deserve this morning, the, the, the gratitude that wells up in our hearts this morning for all that you've done for us. Lord, we thank you, Father, for caring for us, for, for watching over us, Lord, for giving us strength and, and help, Lord, when we need it most desperately. And so, Father, today we've come to worship you this Christmas season. We've come, Lord, this morning to give you the honor, Lord, that you deserve. And so I pray, Lord, that you help us uh, to be reminded of all that you've done for us. Uh, and as we look, dear Lord, at the beautiful lights that surround us, oh God, the wonderful gifts that we'll receive from our family and loved ones. Uh, may we be reminded, Lord, of what it all represents. Uh, it's because of the gift that you gave in your son, Jesus, uh, so that we, dear Lord, can have eternal life. Thank you, Lord. We praise you for all that you've done for us. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I want to say thank you so much to the choir for coming back. They put this on one time already um, this year. And, um, and uh, plantar fasciitis, folks. Old age. And uh, they can send her to do it again. Kristen, thank you so much for putting that together and doing such a wonderful job. They deserve a round of applause. Amen. Would you do that, please? Both times it's blessed my heart. If you weren't here the first time a couple of weeks ago, it was just as beautiful then as it was now. We are, we are blessed to have wonderful voices and talent in this church. And... Uh, we would be amiss not to, to hear that again. So thank you so much for just consenting to do that. I know it was a lot of work, and there, there were several of us, us that requested that, and uh, we thank you for uh, obliging us. Well, it's a little different. We didn't have this planned, uh, the uh, cantata again, uh, obviously, because today's, um, today's uh, Advent theme is joy, and we've already introduced that with a pink candle, the shepherd's candle. And uh, again, it's a day of rejoicing. That's why in the middle of all this, it's been, you know, obvious. I mean, you say, well, um, hope and peace aren't somber uh, um, themes by any means, uh, but it seems to be a little bit more somber. It's one of the reasons why you use the more somber candle, the, the purple color. Um, pink is, is, is not as somber as uh, the purple. That's the kind of the idea. But in the midst of that, we just kind of step back, and, and, and today is a day of joy, uh, to, just to celebrate. 
And so this is a joyous occasion this morning, even though uh, my foot hurts right now, I'm still, I'm still uh, joyous and thankful for um, this wonderful season that uh, um, I have experienced now for 60 years. Um, don't remember the first few, but uh, I just, this is, uh, how many uh, sit here and, and the, the memories come flooding back of, of, of your childhood at Christmas time? Would, would you raise your hand, and little kids, you can go ahead and raise yours too, because you're still enjoying them, and the wonderment of it, okay? The fear of Santa Claus. How many were fearful of Santa Claus? All right, we have just two of us, that's all. Um, well, okay, um, whether, uh, y- y- however you you kind of give this little story of Santa Claus to your kids. It's, it's up to you. Um, um, but somehow some kids think that he, he really does exist, and, uh, and they're a little fearful. But uh, I remember um, as a child uh, being fearful in the, in the department store. We, that was what it was. Um, I, I, I was a little beyond the five and dime, even though the five and dime was still in existence when I, existence when I was a child. Uh, we went to a little place called Hills. Anybody heard? That was in the hills of West Virginia, so maybe that's why they called it Hills. And uh, we would go there, and um, uh, maybe you, Foreman, was Hills still there when you kids were kids, little ones, Hills in Fairmont, West Virginia? Don't remember anything. It was already gone. Uh, but uh, we would go there, and I would try to sneak away from uh, Santa Claus. But it was just, a, uh, again, the, 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 the joy that came at this time of the year. Remember the great Christmases that we, that my, my parents tried to give us on a very limited income. And one of those, again, was in Fairmont, West Virginia, where we pastored, my father did, and, 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 and mother. And um, I remember getting, I think I got a, a race car set that year, one of those ones, the electric race car sets. You push the little button, and the little thing would go around. You had the little thing on the bottom of the car, so it would stay in the track. Uh, some of you remember that. Don't act like you don't. Some don't, maybe. And that, that was quite uh, a, a big deal. Um, and I think my, my, my brother got a weight set, and I was about 14, so that was, I was starting into my, uh, you know, buffing up at that point in time. I was uh, very thin, and uh, so thankful that he was, I was able to, to share in his weight set. And there was other things we got, but those stand out um, in, in our lives. Didn't normally get a whole lot, but that was a wonderful Christmas. I remember those times. Joy that comes at Christmas. And having joy is a part of the experience, is a part of the experience of being a Christian. Um, joy is a state of being more than an emotion that comes and fades away like happiness and gladness. Our joy as Christians is related to our salvation, and, and it stays constant because it is rooted and grounded in Christ's work in our hearts. Paul said in Galatians chapter 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. When we are filled with the Spirit of Christ, one of the outflows of the redeemed heart is joy. As Christians, we find joy in serving, uh, serving Jesus and others. We find joy in worship. We find joy in giving. We find joy in obedience. Our joy is an expression of inward contentment and peace. Let me make it clear this morning to this congregation. Some of you are going through very difficult times. Some of you are going to be facing loneliness this Christmas as you have lost a loved one, and that loved one won't be with you at Christmas time. Some of you are just going through some very, very difficult times. 
And some of you don't share that at times, even with anybody, even your pastor, you don't share that. And, it, and the word gets around. And in the midst of all of the sorrow that we, that, we, that, we, that we share at times, that we have in our lives, there is something within the heart of a Christian that is joyous in spite of all of that. Sure, you're not necessarily happy, and, and uh, you're, uh, you're not uh, you know, jumping up for joy with, with, with great emotion because of the circumstances in your life. But there is a contentment, there's a joy within the heart of the believer that comes knowing that our sins are forgiven and that our future is bright. You know, emotions in the Old Testament were generally connected to various body parts. Um, uh, the heart could have emotions and thoughts, while the gut or liver were also important for emotions. Uh, the writer Smith explains in his book on uh, Israelite emotion, he said, Israelites associate emotion with the internal organs, um, where the emotions were perceived to be felt literally physically, while anger is often associated um, with a burning of the nostrils, the heart is the center for joy. However, joy does not remain in the heart, but is part of a movement towards an appropriate action, explaining the relevance of joy in our religious activities. So when we come into God's presence, this is, this is a religious observance is it not this is a religious activity when we come into the presence of God on a, any given Sunday morning for worship we come with a sense of joy amen get, get joyous this morning I, I, I'd love somebody to just jump up with joy and just go Woo, I'm so I'm so joyful today <laughs> and the rest of us would have a heart attack Joy does not remain in the heart. It's part of a movement towards appropriate action and explains the relevance of joy in our religious activities. So when we look at this attribute in Scripture, what, um, that, what, how does joy define? First of all, I think joy is, refined, is defined in our response to God. Psalms 33.1, Shout for joy in the Lord, O ye righteous. Praise benefits the upright. Again, the psalmist said in 35, Psalms 35, let those who delight in my righteousness shout for joy and be glad forevermore. Great is the Lord who delights in the welfare of his servants. Joy manifests itself in several different ways. It manifests itself in its knowledge of, of who God is, first of all. Nehemiah said after he had read the law to um, the, the Israelites, he had read it for six hours. Um, and scripture tells us that after reading the law, the people wept. And, and in fact, you say, well, why would they weep after reading the law? Because it was so um, difficult to, to obtain or keep. Uh, possibly it could have been. Um, because it, they had to sit there for six hours and listen to it. Uh, there's a possibility that they, they, that they could have. But that wasn't the reason. When he read the law to the Israelites, they came to the realization that they had been breaking so many of the commandments of God. The scripture says that they wept with conviction. But, ne but Nehemiah said this to them. He said, go your way. Eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved. 
for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Folks, our joy is in knowing that God gives us strength even when we fall short. Even when we feel those pangs of conviction in our lives. And I think that every one of us still feel pangs of conviction. We, we just, we, listen folks, we realize we just don't do enough for the kingdom. Maybe you don't agree with me, but I agree with myself on that. We could do such, so much more for God's, for God's glory and for God's honor. We ought to be convicted of that. But yet in the midst of all of that, there's a, there's a sense of joy that wells up in the heart of the believer. Knowing that we are part of this great kingdom work. And we can be joyous in knowing that. So it manifests itself in the knowledge of who God is. Secondly, it manifests itself in different aspects of our life. When Solomon was anointed king, it says in 1 Kings 140, and all the people went up from him playing on pipes and rejoicing with great joy so that the earth was split, split by their noise. When victory was won in the battle, the people rejoiced. Solomon said, and I commend uh, joy, for man has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful, for this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. And so we see in Scripture that joy manifests itself in victory. It manifests itself in coronation. It manifests itself in eating and drinking. How many find joy in eating and drinking? And everybody said amen. Everybody, some of you just... But at least you put it up. I mean. It manifests itself in the knowledge of who God is. It manifests itself in the different aspects of life. Joy is, is, a, is a response to God. Secondly, joy is a revelation of things to come. Revelation 19.7, Let us rejoice and exalt and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Folks, I want to remind you this morning that it will be a joyous occasion to one day consummate our salvation in a glorious reunion with the lamb that was slain for our sins. Jude closed his book by giving a doxology of praise, and he said, Now to him who was able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. We can make it, folks, because Jesus can enable us to live blamelessly without stumbling. We can stand one day in his presence with joy, knowing we have run the race. We finished it without blame. And then one day, he's going to split the eastern sky and take us home to live with him eternally. We find our joy in the knowledge that one day he's going to return and take us to go to be with him for eternity. That's the joy of the Christian. There's no fear in that, unless you're not a Christian. Um, kid growing up, I, when I, I knew I wasn't where I should be, you know, I, I, I expected that trumpet to sound at any time. You know, before I went to bed at night, in the middle of the night, I was going to wake up with a blast of a trumpet, and Jesus would come back, and I'd be left behind. I never thought, I think I've said this before, I never thought I'd ever graduate. First of all, gr I didn't think I'd drive a car. I didn't think I'd graduate from high school, and then I uh, didn't think I'd ever get married. But it wasn't going to happen. Jesus was going to come back. Some of you may not have any of those fears, but I grew up in the era of time when we talked about Jesus coming back all of the time. It was, it was a major uh, theme of our, uh, of our revival services and other times that we've kind of seen to just kind of almost act as if it doesn't exist anymore. Let me tell you something, folks. He's coming back, and we've got to be ready for him when he comes. That's joy. Third, we find our joy 
is an expression of Christ's redemptive work in our hearts. Paul said in Romans 5, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. You see, a natural outflow of God's redemptive work in the, in the believer's heart is joy knowing that our sins are forgiven and our future is bright. That joy comes from our faith in Christ and our hope of eternity. Paul tells us that our joy and peace is found in our faith so that the Holy Spirit may abound in our hearts. Joy is an expression of Christ's redemptive work in our hearts. I'll be starting a series in, on worship coming up in the new year. I'm looking forward to that. I'm studying, I'm reading, I'm preparing my heart for that upcoming uh, a series of sermons. And uh, one of the, 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 the main expression in the heart of the believer outside of obedience that really truly t tells us whether we're really saved is that we understand what worship is and how to worship. It flows from the heart of one that has been, their lives have been changed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And, 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 and Christians, people that have been redeemed, know how to worship. We don't all worship the same way, I understand that. You're not all as gregarious maybe as myself or Courtney or, or others, you know. You may not be. But you worship still. There must be a, 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 something within the heart of a believer that just can't help himself to worship King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And worship is, is, is joyous. Amen? Folks, I, listen, I don't know about you, but when I come on a Sunday morning, it's a joyous occasion. I, I come because, not because out of duty, I didn't get enough sleep, it's been a long week. And, and folks, that stuff happens. Okay, and I understand that, and this is, this, is, this is what I do for a living, so it's a little different for me. I've been in the workforce, believe you me, and understand what it's like to come dragging in sometimes on Sunday morning very weary from the week's work. I understand all of that. But listen, um, when we come in, we come with a heart of joy and a heart of celebration because we're coming to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Men have pursued joy in, in, in every avenue imaginable. Some have successfully found it, but others have not. And perhaps it would be easier um, to describe where joy cannot be found. First of all, joy cannot be found in unbelief. Voltaire was an infidel of the most pr pronounced type, and he wrote, I wish I had never been born. Cannot be found in unbelief. It can't be found, uh, not found in pleasure. Lord Byron lived a life of pleasure, if anyone did, and he wrote, he wrote, I wish I had never been born. It's not found in, 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 in unbelief, in pleasure. It's not found in money. Jay Gold, who was a millionaire, had plenty of money, and when he died, he said, I suppose I am the most miserable man on earth. It can't be found in position and fame. Lord Beaconsfield enjoyed more than his share of, of both. He wrote, youth is a mistake, manhood a struggle, old age is a regret. It can't be found in military glory. Alexander the Great conquered the known world in his day. And after he had done so, he wept in his tent. Before he said this, he said, there are no more worlds to conquer. 
Where can true joy be found? It's simple, folks. It's in Christ and in Christ alone. And this morning, if you're looking for joy, I want to once again remind you, if you don't already know, that real, true contentment and joy is found in the person of Jesus Christ. The day that he came in, forgave me for my trespasses and sins, he came in to rule in my life. It was a wonderful, joyous day. I will tell you something. That joy has just continued to abound and abound through life's difficulties, through the circumstances of life that I face. There I go again, bringing all my woes. Through my plantar fasciitis, I'm, I'm assuming it is. Don't know. Find out, I hope, this week. In the midst of all of that, there's a, there's a deep, subtle peace in my soul. And there's a joy that, that, that wells up in me knowing that my sins are forgiven. That one day, one day, I'll meet this, this, this wonderful Jesus who came to earth as a little baby, was born in a manger, and died so that I could have redemption. Do you know that Jesus this morning? Do you know who he is? If you don't, you can know him today. I want us to stand together. Do we have a song? Let's do it. I don't know what it is, but I don't care. We're going to sing a song. It's not a lot of songs on joy. I think we pretty much sang them all. So I feel sorry for Mark and Kristen trying to figure it out. But if you don't know Jesus this morning, if you don't know this joy, you can't. It's wonderful to be a Christian. It's wonderful to know my sins are forgiven. If you don't know that this morning, I'd love to pray with you. Come down to the front. There's plenty of places to pray here. Kneel here, kneel at these, these, these chairs in the front. But more than anything in the world, I want you to have this joy this Christmas season that will change, your, change the whole outlook and perspective of this wonderful time. If you don't know Jesus today, you can. Let's sing this beautiful hymn.
bow our heads this morning as we close. Let us pray. Father, we are grateful that you give joy in the midst of sorrow. Lord, did you give peace in the times of storm? Lord, we're thankful that you, that you gave us hope when it seemed hopeless. Lord, we're thankful for this Advent season and what it represents, um, not only in the life of the believer, but Lord, in the life of, the, of, this, of this world that we live in. We thank you that you came and you brought that light into this world and it shines brightly. Now, Lord, I pray this morning that if there's someone here today that doesn't know you as their personal savior, I pray, oh God, that this will be the time, that this will be the day pray, Lord, if they don't make that commitment this morning, that when they leave this place, that your Holy Spirit will go with them and you'll speak to their hearts. Pray, oh God, that you'll be faithful to their soul, Lord, and may they turn their lives to you and allow and, and, and experience this wonderful peace and this joy that comes in salvation and in knowing you. Now, Father, go with us. Bring us back tonight, Lord, as we go to encourage those around us that can't be in church, Lord. We pray, Father, that you'll make us a blessing. Continue to, Lord, to bless throughout the remaining of this, this uh, Christmas season. Father, we'll praise you and thank you for the, all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. 5.30 this evening for those that are singing. Let me just make it clear. Those that um, are not going to sing, I just suggest you go to the fellowship hall and enjoy the, uh, uh, the time.